everyone. I am Manny. And I'm Wyo. Welcome back to the Kink Buffet Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 12. And I'm going to predict Episode 12 and 13. And the reason why is because this is an area of expertise that we do a lot of. We don't claim to be experts, ever. I'm going to change my tune here, and I'm going to say I'm an expert at this area. <laughs> Only because of the length of time and the, the frequency and the number of partners that I've, I've engaged in this with and the number of conversations I've had on this topic as I've introduced it to people and spoken about it. Well, and it's also a kink of yours that on the outside seems like it should take two seconds to explain, but... When you pull the layers back, there's a whole lot more depth. Yeah, it's if you were hesitant to click on this when you read the title, give us a few minutes. It's This isn't going to be quite what you think probably. Mm-hmm. And the reason I think it's going to be a couple episodes is that we have picked topics where we didn't even have a clue what we were going to talk about, and next thing you know, we're talking about it for an hour. <laughs> yeah. And this is one where I like to talk about it, and... So the potential's the there potential to be is there. verbose, for sure. <clears throat> but that's, you know, that's that's the long-form podcast model, right? Right. We don't mm-hmm. have a deadline. We talk about something as long as we find it interesting, or talk to somebody mm-hmm. as long as they're interesting. So we'll just grab a second cup of coffee and keep on going if we need to. We will. Yeah. So we're still in southern Colorado. We said we were going to be gone by the next podcast. We're not. We... We, are we found something cool we wanted to explore today, so we're extending. And that's kind of the way that yeah. our life is. We find side journeys and extra things that catch our attention, and we stop and do those things along the road. We were describing it to somebody <coughs> yesterday as a the way that we travel is not a meander, it's a cottywumple. I have... Uh, I'm pretty sure big words. <laughs> really, I'm pretty sure you made that one up too. No, I didn't. It's a, it's a real word. So a meander is when you travel, but there's sort of a destination that's far off, but you do have an eventual goal. And a cottywample is some way is the way to travel with really no destination. Like we, we cottywample. Yeah, we, it's for sure a cottywample because even though we think we want to be somewhere on a certain day or because the weather's changing and we want to go somewhere warm, it doesn't mean that if we found something here (laughs) that is interesting enough to keep us in a colder climate that we wouldn't do it. So am I using this sentence correctly then, this big word? When we travel without a destination, it makes me want to cottywonkle all over your pretty face. (laughs) Is that right? Did I get it right? We'll we'll work on that a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So the topic today is well, we came up with a long description so people would find it. Right. Well, role playing. I think <clears throat> well, is... the topic is sex, psychosexual role play, mm-hmm. or psychosexual LARPing, larping, which is live action role play. Live action role play, and that's a familiar term for people in nerd culture. It's a game, even, with Dungeons and Dragons. and When you dress up in, in the park and with swords, and some of you have spells, right. and you can 
fight and have battles, or you can get together and all be vampires and get uh, have a vampire convention and and even historical things like people who do reenactments of battles and stuff is a form of LARPing. And people outside of the LARPing community don't, often make fun of them. Don't get it. Yeah, they don't get it. And it's really silly because the the idea of role play and immersing yourself in that role is you get to be part of the story as opposed to an observer of the story. I'll admit I was there. Like I had a former partner that was really into Dungeons and Dragons and would go weekly and I was like, yeah, you can go do your thing. I'm really not into that. Like, I have anxiety over the pressure of the creation of it. So the fact that this works so naturally with us is kind of interesting. Well, when you are LARPing, Mm -hmm. you're not doing something that most... I want to say every, but you can never use the word every, but most people have done that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've ever stood on the tee pad and hit a golf ball and for a brief second thought, I'm a PGA pro and this is the final hole of the championship. And there goes my hole in one. You've, yeah. you've live action role played. Mm-hmm. You've joined the fantasy and got to get that that sensation that comes with it, even though you well, you may have told people that you were in that, but mm-hmm. maybe not. But you've done that, mm-hmm. you, right? It, it, we've, if you've had sex with somebody, and oh dear Lord, this is such a, a taboo for conservative America. But if you pretended that your partner was somebody else, you've live action role played. Mm-hmm. They might not have known that you were doing that, but that's what you were doing. Mm-hmm. So, the idea of psychosexual live-action role-play in the bedroom is just a level of make-believe. So it's fantasy. Mm-hmm. Now, we, <clears throat> and I've always called it just role-play, and then had to explain because... Role-play can, can be, be super so, vanilla. And yeah. so, I, I don't want to, again, it's almost like king-shaming if you knock somebody for it. If it's what you like, it's... It's, it's, it's a great right. entry point into kink. Be- it is. It's even offered very commonly in the Cosmo magazines <clears throat> and yeah. stuff that are telling people how to spice things up in the bedroom. We've coined the term Cosmo kink, mm-hmm. Cosmopolitan kink, for kinks that you will read about in Cosmopolitan magazine when the article says 10 kinky things to spice up, and it's going to be... One of them is going to be uh, tickle your partner with a feather. One's going to be wear a blindfold. One is going to be play with whipped cream. Right. And, you know, one of them is... They're the cliché. The cliché right. and, and very vanilla. But to ultra-vanilla people, it is. It's a great way of doing something kinky. Mm-hmm. And it also opens the door potentially to be kinkier. Mm-hmm. So when people think of role play, they think, I'll be the doctor and you be my nurse. Mm-hmm. Or... You be the hot teacher, and I'll be the student. And, and porn does those a lot, and... They used to do it a lot more. Well, there's <laughs> not really story-based porn anymore with the dudes, <clears throat> but you know what I mean. Right. And that's... That, that is live-action role-play. That is right. loving. But it is so superficial, mm-hmm. and 
there is no psychology or very little psychology involved that you don't really get into the weeds. Right. And that's the, the, the weeds are where the fun stuff happens. That's definitely where we like to play in all of our games. Right. Like, if, if the brain doesn't get involved in what we're doing, then... We're not, we're not doing it right. Right. Because the physical part is easy. I mean, you can, you can achieve the physical part with masturbation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have the physical part of sex with a fleshlight. Mm-hmm. It's not about just the physical. I don't right. want to say it's not about the physical. That's part of it. But no, it's definitely part of it. So, so the... Got it. And this is... We haven't constructed a formula for this podcast because this could jump all over the place. But uh, we'll just throw out some major categories of talking points. Okay. So the first one is from monogamy. Or they now refer to it as monogamish, mm-hmm. which is you're not actually having physical contact with another partner, uh, but you are flirting or you're engaging or you're, depending on your line, webcam chatting or mm-hmm. in 2020, Zoom chatting with other potential partners. You are crossing a emotional line with other people. There are, I mean, my God, you interview a hundred people and you say, if your partner is thinking about another person when they're with you, is that cheating? It is not zero who will say that that is cheating. Many of them feel like that is cheating of the heart. Right. And And that's definitely uh, something that can be overcome, but it's it's a very deep-seated belief in some people, some cultures, and it's like rooted in their morality. Well, I... Dr. Phil one time mm-hmm. said that masturbation was cheating, mm-hmm. right? So there's popular opinion that is just nonsense. Right. I mean, we, we talk about different opinions being valid, but I'm like, we have to make a, a stand at some point with our beliefs and say that's nonsense. Right. And so first and foremost, we have one rule when it comes to role play, right? Between you and I, there's nothing that exists in fantasy that is bad. There's nothing off limits. Right. Well, the reason why there's nothing off limits is because it can create a slippery slope of, well, well, that one makes me uncomfortable, or you're, how could you possibly think of that? Mm-hmm. You know, a, some common examples of this would be uh, fantasizing about your ex. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that let me back up. Let me start by saying that this is not easy to get around these ideas. Uh, you're not weird if your partner fantasizing about their ex makes you uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Those are real feelings, and they're legit. Mm-hmm. We want fantasy to be in a separate category, so we take those things and say everything has to be okay. Because if we start... The slippery slope is if we start saying, well, I'm okay with everything but that, then it becomes very easy to say, well, but that one kind of made me uncomfortable too. Well, the first one was because it was an ex. Mm -hmm. But the second one that I'm uncomfortable with is was you fantasizing about somebody who I think is more attractive than me. And next thing you know, 
you're fantasizing about somebody who makes more money than me. Now I'm really threatened that you're going to leave me for this person. And all of a sudden there's all these off-limit areas, right? right? That's not what this is about. The idea is that you can be with these people in fantasy. Mm-hmm. So, And if those emotions or insecurities do come up, we can process them together. We can process them together. But, but we don't want those to happen. We don't... I, the idea of fantasy should be you getting the greatest possible sexual experience every single time we engage sexually. Right. And that framework of freedom is also necessary <clears throat> in order for your brain to have the ability to dissociate, to suspend disbelief so that you can immerse yourself in the role. Right. Like when people are LARPing, like they don't believe they actually can cast that spell. But in the fantasy, it's happening, you know? It's the effects of their spell are on the other characters well, or that's whatever. that's what make-believe like, is. You, if you read a fictional book, you don't... If you read a fictional book, you don't read that and think, those aren't real people doing that. Those are just words that somebody wrote on a typewriter. See, you see how I just dated myself? A <laughs> typewriter. <laughs> what but, is that? <laughs> but, that's, but that's what that is. When you watch a movie... If you watch a movie and you think, wow, that actor just beat up that other stuntman who looked close enough to the actor. Like, if, if you mm-hmm. do that, like... You're never going to enjoy You're anything. not going <laughs> to No, so, like, you suspend disbelief. It's mm-hmm. an intentional, willful decision to allow that. So, when we role-play in fantasy, it's, it's a suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. that if you, you need to allow that to happen. So, we don't want a slippery slope. Another? Now, caveat before we move on. There are things that you may want to exclude as a couple because of the nature of the role play, because it's a sexual role play. I'll get to that one next. I think I know where you're going. Okay. So, if I'm wrong, please forgive me for okay. cutting you off. <laughs> but the, the, the second category of not excluding is things that are taboo. Mm-hmm. Doing things that are wrong. Yeah, okay, that's where I was going. All right, so one of the things that can be kinky is doing things that you're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Now, taboo areas could simply mean ha- having sex with your boss to get a promotion is a taboo thing. Mm-hmm. Role play without the psychosexual, with what we call aspect of this, is simply like, I'm getting to play with my boss. Mm-hmm. And you fantasize in that you're with your boss because you're attracted to him or her. Mm-hmm. This, the, the level that we would take that to, well, we would take it far beyond this, would be, I'm doing this to get a promotion, and I know that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Now you're playing with some guilt and some morality and other things. Mm-hmm. That's a taboo area. Uh, but there are many other taboo areas Mm -hmm. that are both societal unaccepted, they're legally unaccepted. Mm -hmm. Um, By the way, lots of couples do this. Uh, I think a real common one is the the rape fantasy. Mm -hmm. A very common role play that you are fantasizing about something that is not only socially and morally unethical, it's also illegal. Mm -hmm. But you allowed that to take place in fantasy 
because you can separate fantasy from reality. Mm-hmm. Unless you have issues, mm-hmm. which I don't, I don't know how to quantify this, but somebody that has issues separating fantasy from reality maybe should be doing psychosexual LARPing. They should be like, because right. you've got to be able to differentiate between those. So we, we say that, that you are allowed to do things in fantasy and even act out things in fantasy because they aren't real. Mm-hmm. We watch horror movies where people get massacred. Mm-hmm. That is a fantasy. Not a fantasy that turns most people on sexually, but it is a fantasy. I, I am fantasizing that that person is not a stuntman or a or CGI. I'm fa- in my fantasy that I'm watching. Mm-hmm. I'm not fantasizing about it, but in that fantasy, I'm I'm visualizing that as real. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, we do we do have some areas that we have just agreed we're just leaving off the table. Right. Do we, we want to define those? Huh. We don't have to. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we've agreed on we've, for us. We've we've agreed that, it, and this is not a slippery slope. That mm-hmm. there are certain humans in our life mm-hmm. that would never be part. And I don't think either of us would want to, anyways. But right. we, but we just laid the groundwork and said, not everything's on the table. Mm-hmm. But it's not a slippery slope. It is a negotiated. These are off limits. Mm-hmm. Um, now. The reason for that isn't because I'm threatened by it or that it makes you feel insecure. Right. We have other reasons for it. Right. So, there's another area that we could eliminate. Mm-hmm. And, again, with the <clears throat> idea of negotiation, it's done in advance. There's no minefield. You don't have to wonder if you're going to go into some area that's going to cause things to go off the rails and you're really going to come out the other side like fucked up. Like everything is going to come out okay because you you know the safe boundaries to play in. Yeah, exactly. So and it's ex- it's especially important when you're playing with somebody's mind. Like it's not just the you know the threat of you hit me too hard and now I'm going to have a big bruise or you broke the skin and now we have to do first aid. You know, it's, there's the possibility of of triggering actual psychological trauma. If, so if you have to be explicit about your negotiation and make sure that you're not going to, if there is something like those pe- those persons that are going to need to be off limits for some reason, make sure that that's on the table and clear first. Yeah, it, 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 all of this requires negotiation. Yeah. You know, when you're doing this, you are playing with the mind, especially when you're bringing taboo or unacceptable scenarios mm-hmm. into this. Uh, we believe that... Sex does not have to be exclusively fun and exciting and pleasurable all the time. Mm-hmm. Sex can be a journey that can go all sorts of different places, especially within the mind. And, I mean, I, I think of many events in my life that were, they weren't pleasant events. Mm-hmm. But things that I, if... 
if I had to go back in time and choose, I would not choose to have not gone through. I am glad I went through that thing. Doesn't mean it was pleasurable, but I benefited from the experience. Um, I'll give you, I, I was just thinking of a random example. Uh, the first time I ever faced my own mortality. Hmm. It, in reality, because when you're a kid, you're never going to die. I mean, you know you're going to die, but you're, you know, like you're bulletproof, right? Right. Um, I smoked cigarettes when I was younger because it never even crossed my mind they were going to kill me, right? Right. And, but the first time I really came face to face with it is when I got, I, I wound up in the hospital with uh, bacterial meningitis. And I got told while I was there that there was going to be about a 25% chance of me dying. Mm -hmm. And I got to go through the experience of, oh, fuck, mm -hmm. this might be it. This is my first time I really thought I might die. Mm -hmm. And that it wasn't fun. It wasn't a pleasant experience. But I came out of that experience very grateful that I got the chance to face it. I wasn't harmed by that experience. I mean, if I died, I'd, I would have been quite harmed. <laughs> but it was an experience that made me better. Right. And sex can be the same way when you get into the psychology things mm -hmm. you can you can come out the other side a, a better person a more healed person a person who's more in connect in, who's connected with themselves right and role play can be a way we're gonna let, for now on let, let's call it role play because it's right. an easier term but now everybody knows what what, what we mean role can play can be a, a way of getting there mm -hmm. um, when but, you're using it with intention when you're using it with intention, I suppose I, it could accidentally have the benefit, mm -hmm. but it's if you have intention, it's more controlled. Right. Um, I want to share a story that I actually shared just a couple episodes ago, but it's too relevant to this to okay. leave out. And it's also a really easy one to understand. If we tell more stories, it might get a, more, a little bit well, more Well, and it's great complex. because the people that find this might not have heard the ep other episodes. Yeah, so we have, we'll have to get used to that because yeah. people aren't going to listen to every episode. I mean, right. We'll have a couple super fans maybe someday, but they're going to be the minority. <laughs> I think most people will click on something that's of interest to them, and there's so much good content out there, right? Right. If we get one listen, that's a, a win. Mm -hmm. So it was a partner mm -hmm. who had went through a very, very bad breakup with uh, her ex-boyfriend. And her ex-boyfriend did some fucked up things to her, and, and then just split. Mm -hmm. and left her in a messed up situation. I mean, it just, a, I hate taking sides with people's exes, but some bad things took place. Mm -hmm. And we were doing role plays on a regular basis, and nothing was off limits, and you could choose anything you want. And so I decided that I wanted her to have a certain experience. Mm -hmm. And the, the experience I wanted to have is while we were having sex, I morphed into him. Mm -hmm. And I remember her like pausing and kind of locking up and tensing up. And, and I basically confronted her and with the idea, I'm going to paraphrase, but the idea was, was there anything you wanted to tell me? Mm -hmm. And it was very hard to break through because it wasn't an immediate, yes, I'm going to solve all my issues right now with you. Mm -hmm. But it evolved during that session to her 
just sobbing hysterically and pounding on my chest while we were having sex, Mm -hmm. pounding on my chest and telling me all the things she wanted to say to him. And I said some things back to her, both to give her some relief, but also I didn't let it off off the hook. Role play, we'll talk about this too. You got to be as realistic as possible to suspend disbelief. So if I had just instantly said I was wrong, you were always right, you were always so good to me, I'm a loser. If I had done that, it, I, I think it would have derailed it. Mm-hmm. But instead, I started, I from his perspective, started telling her things that I didn't like about her and why, you know, some of this was her fault that I did these things and, you know, but I, but eventually, it, 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 but she got to fight back. Yeah, and she and can. You continue to draw out the emotions. I was emotions. drawing out the emotion, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it, you know, it escalated, and uh, we even stopped a couple times, and then, but then she wanted to keep going, and um, there was nothing about this that was pleasurable for her mm-hmm. at this moment. But she got to release a lot of pain, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that one time. We did it a couple other times, you know, like a week later, and then a week after that. I think we maybe did it three times, but each time she yelled at me and she screamed and she cried and she hit me in the chest and I was thinking the whole time and why I did this was that I've seen and have heard and then you, then you told me that you had been asked to do this about uh, the person going through a divorce counseling mm-hmm. and they, they hand the woman the pillow and they say that's your husband tell him what you think and she's punching the pillow in the face and I keep thinking that's the concept makes sense. Of course it makes sense. That's what I just did with this with my partner. Mm-hmm. But you're sitting in, in an office, you're looking at a pillow, you, you're you not in an environment that, you know, someone's watching you, how embarrassing, yeah. to yell at a pillow while someone's watching. I mean, everything about this seems like that would be a challenge, but the idea was good. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it's a superficial level of it. You're not really going to be in a space in that environment mentally where you can do right. the deep dive on it. You have to have the right. vulnerability and you have to be in that level of emotion. Mm-hmm. You have to have certain chemicals flowing in the brain which take place during sex. Mm-hmm. And so we did this and then on the I, it's been a few years but the, on the, I think on the after the third one, after we had sex I remember this. We're laying there her head's on my chest we're still in character because after we had sex I, we would stay in character for a little bit because she would want to voice her things. And what she said to me, heads on my chest, and we're just like laying there, we're just being quiet, I'm letting her process, and then she, I'm still him. Mm -hmm. She says, I don't hate you anymore. Yeah. I'm I'm still angry with you. Mm -hmm. And I'm still hurt. But I don't hate you. And that's as far as we got. I wasn't trying to be a her therapist, right? Right. But she got to the point where she let go some, Mm -hmm. and she was better for having having done it, right? And and that's so healing and therapeutic, yeah, in itself. Because I mean, even if that's as far as you take her, she now has the presence of mind that she can go further without the hatred. She can. And even if she doesn't go further, she feels less negative feelings than she did before. She got mm-hmm. to let just that little bit out that took the edge off. Mm-hmm. Even just crying 
It's right. cathartic. Even just getting and getting to say the words. I mean, how many times have you had an argument or a breakup or you got fired or you someone was an asshole in traffic and if only you could have said these things to a person and, and they listened. For some reason, that's healing. Mm-hmm. But you never got the chance because the the scenario didn't allow it. Yeah. Or the person didn't allow you to, to do it or didn't listen. It's like, fuck, if you had just listened and got to hear what you did to me and how much it hurt me, I would be better. And you never gave me the opportunity, you coward. Mm-hmm. And that happens. So anyways, that was a not a pleasant experience. Nothing about that experience was pleasant for her. But And getting beat on your chest wasn't probably <laughs> all that fun either. But No, it wasn't. She, she was, Knowing where it was going, but hopefully. I, but I knew what she was... Every time she, she was hitting me. Well, she wasn't hitting me, first off. She was hitting him. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was just, it was beautiful. It was mm-hmm. so beautiful. But it was a, it was a role play. Mm-hmm. Without, a, without a latex nurse outfit. Right. <laughs> so, that's where we can delve into things you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to be with your ex-husband and telling him how much he hurt you. Give me a break. That's not like, that'll never be in a Cosmo article in the, ever in the, in the history of the magazine. Right. It's a taboo area. It was a wonderful area. So, and we just kind of jumped all over, but we was talking about for couples who are monogamous, this is an opportunity to... to do fun to, fantasies, too. Fun fantasies as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, the fun fantasies are, I mean, that's probably the most obvious ones, which is... I saw someone today I wanted to have sex with. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And let's have sex with that person. Well, and we've done that. Like, we saw somebody when they were jogging, and it was like, mm-hmm. ooh, that one would be fun to play with. Yeah. So then we actually develop entire characters and their backstory and everything. Like, as we play, those characters take on a life because I mean we really don't know that person and we're just physically attracted for the moment that we saw them run by or whatever but they they become recurring parts of our sex life when we be with them again because right well one of the ideas of the role play Mm -hmm. is that when you're having when you're playing a character if you have sex with your partner the same way you do normally it you're the partner wearing a mask Right. You're not actually getting into that. Um, being being somebody else, mm-hmm. and so the role play is you're you're both in the role play, but usually when we do this, it starts with one person's fantasy, mm-hmm. and the other person's acting along, and now they're in the fantasy, they're enjoying it, but like the reality is, is, is like if you. If you've been fantasizing about having sex with your boss, I can role play that I'm your boss and I can enjoy the fact that it's the you having sex with your boss fantasy, but it's your fantasy mm-hmm. at that moment. It, it can be mutual, but in, like in that case, it's yours. So if I'm going to play the part of your boss, if I have sex the way Manny does, mm-hmm. you're going to have a hard time realizing that's or feeling that's not Manny. Right. So I have to decide... What your boss is like. Does mm-hmm. your boss like rough sex? Is your boss vanilla? Mm-hmm. Does your boss like to be rope? Does your boss like to put out rose petals on the bed? Mm-hmm. Is your boss bad at sex? I could make your boss bad at sex if I want. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but not in a way because Manny's the best ever and nobody else is going to be as good as Manny. But sometimes they're not. I mean, and it's fun to play with that as an option. It and is. It's, mm-hmm. And that's a way, again, of making it real. Um, I'll, I'll even tell you. So here, I'll tell you another role play mm-hmm. um, that kind of has both elements. One is being able to feel better and one is being able to um, changing your character because there's somebody else but for the reason. And this is going to sound so silly. But um, when I, I had an ex mm-hmm. who was, had cheated on me with somebody else. And we used to role play all the time. And she had cheated on me with him. And I was devastated. And I was just, and eventually she wanted to leave me for him. And that's kind of what's the breakup, right? Like I was, I mean, I was, it was the worst. I mean, it was the worst thing I've ever been through in my life, just about. Mm-hmm. And we were doing a role play, and, I, and we decided, so I was like, well, who do you want to do? And, and she's silent. And I'm like, and we always had that rule, nothing's off limits. And mm-hmm. she didn't want to say who she wanted me to role play. And as the longer the silence went, the more I was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm going to have to be him. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew exactly where that was going. <clears throat> and, uh, I was like, nothing, and I knew where it was going, but I knew what, that it was right also because we had these rules. We, like, nothing's off limits. That's, we negotiated that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't condemn her or judge her or make her feel guilty for that mm-hmm. because we had agreed it was okay. Mm-hmm. No matter how it made me feel, we agreed. And so finally she's like, I want you to be him. And I was like, oh, God, I knew it. So I said, uh, I'm like, all right. So... This, um, I've, I've always joked that I've only worn a dress twice in my life. Once when I was 13 years old, <clears throat> and I uh, wanted to impress a bunch of girls at a birthday party, and they said, let's do it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, actually, wait, I, no, I'm sorry. I didn't even wear a dress that day, like the, the, when I was 13 years old. I, they, they, I let them do my makeup. So, <laughs> I didn't, so, so, no, so I guess I'd only worn a dress once. But the, the, it was the second time, and I was like, oh, shit. And I hated this guy. I hated I mean, obviously, we had a monogamous relationship at this time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, you want to be him? Fine. Okay, so the very first thing that I did is I went in the other room, I came back out wearing a dress. And I'm like, I just wanted to let you know, I'm a cross-dresser. <laughs> <laughs> Which, <laughs> did I ever tell you about this? I don't think so. <laughs> All right, by the way, that is not saying there's anything wrong with cross-dressers, but that's not what she was into, and therefore I was like, uh, you know, I, well, was, I don't think he probably was either. No, so. I don't think, <laughs> but I was like, I was trying to figure out like, a, I mean, by the way, I am not expressing this as a, this is how you should do role plays. I, this is not, this is just, I, I was wrong when I did this in this scenario, but at the same time, it was my little, little victory I was trying to get. And the other thing, well, when you were working through your emotional, I was trying to figure that, that out, but and the other thing was is that she, she, she because we, we did this all the time. We did role plays all the time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the people we did role plays with were good at sex. Sometimes they were bad at sex. Like it was on purpose. We could have, she could role play someone who's not very good at sex and it's just not that much fun for me. And then after we're done, I have sex with her and we just knock it out of the park. Mm-hmm. So 
it was acceptable to do this. So she she wasn't into feet mm-hmm. at all. That wasn't her thing. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm not into feet either. And so neither of us are, are feet people. So I come out in the dress, the next thing you know, I'm just all about her feet. I just want to touch her feet. I want to massage her feet. I want to give sexual pleasure to her feet. And she's like, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. But in the role play, she had to be like, well, don't you think you'd rather be up here? And Oh, no, 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 not with those arches. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I even, like, did, I ended up jacking off all over her feet at the end. And, like, and I like, I would. Anyways, but, <laughs> but the point was I got to play, I'm a character. Mm-hmm. Whether it was, you know, immature on my part or not, I was playing the character. I wasn't playing me. Being him. And usually the authenticity is what we're after. But that's what you needed at that moment to get through it, right? Yeah, that was what I, I had to, I wanted, I was, wasn't going to not give it to her, but I wasn't going to, like, I just, at that moment, I couldn't have envisioned her enjoying it as much as she would have. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, if that happened again today, I would have no problem with her enjoying him. Mm-hmm. Like, I've evolved, this was 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I've evolved and matured, and like I have a whole different paradigm. But at the time, that was just, that was the best, <laughs> the best I could do is try to make him look bad. Mm-hmm. But um, but it, but it was effective. Yeah. Now, when you say immersing yourselves in the role, mm-hmm. one of the ways we do this is we have recurring characters, mm-hmm. and those recurring characters are, well, I mean, none of them are us. No. We act in different ways, and we like different things, and to a point where if you want a certain type of sex, and we're talking about role-playing, you could, and I tell you that you can choose who we're going to be, I mean, you can choose to be, well, we can make up a scenario, but you can also just go to your go-to bag and say, well, I want you to be him. Because mm-hmm. you know how he has sex because you want a certain type of sex that night. Mm-hmm. You can have sex with him again. Right. And if you want to just get fucked up, you can pick someone who that's, you know that's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. If you want to pick someone that has just no regard whatsoever for your pleasure and is just, has the, the sole goal of leaving you a crying mess which you enjoy sometimes, right? then it's, you know what you're getting if you ask for that person. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also may want to give me something and say, I think I'm going to give Manny this thing tonight that he likes, and I'm going to be this character that does this thing. Right. So he knows what he's getting. And it's a real effective way. Like, you have one character that you like. Well, actually, we both enjoy this. Mm-hmm. So... The new girl. The new girl. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're, mm-hmm. where you're going. Where yeah. I can see the look on your face. So you have a... So we both find it very kinky, both Wyo and I, to introduce new kinks to someone who's new to the community. Right, and we're at the point where new stuff isn't that easy to find between the it, two it of us. We have there we go. It's experience hard. with most things. We so. do find new stuff once in a while, but right. we, that usually involves spending money, being at a location. Right. I mean, every single time we have sex, we do something different. It is never the same twice. Mm-hmm. But you 
you have to play in the gray there. Mm-hmm. So like we're role playing a different character, but it doesn't. You're still role playing. We've role played before. Right. And. Um, so I have a character that's very naive and inexperienced in kink, and so we get to go through the whole. It's your first time doing this certain thing. Well, experience. We'll, we'll start off with an hour or two of negotiation, where because in these in this role play, we're usually playing for the first time, mm-hmm. and we will talk for an hour or two, and I'll be asking you questions about your history and what you're comfortable with, and it's it's not that it's never the same every time. You're not you're a character, but it's different. So mm-hmm. you might say I've done this before, but not this other thing, and the next time that might change. Mm-hmm. But I figure out through this lengthy negotiation mm-hmm. where your boundaries are, where your limits are. They're way lower than wives are. Right. But we won't go past them mm-hmm. because that would be breaking character. Right. And so the kinky part of it is you've never done these things before. You get to do it for the first time. So I get to live out that fantasy of being with the person new to kink. Mm-hmm. You get to live out the fantasy of being that that moment of discovery. New, yeah. The first time you went to the dungeon and you went, oh, Lord. Oh, fuck. I <clears throat> found my people. This is it. <clears throat> this is the thing I've been missing. And I get to live that over and over again. And you won't even necessarily, because you're in character, Your that character doesn't enjoy every single thing we do, because that would almost be breaking character. Mm-hmm. And so that character does not enjoy things that I know that you love. Mm-hmm. And you're like, nope. Mm-hmm. That's too far. That that hurts too much. Mm-hmm. I'm confused by that. Mm-hmm. And that is something we can't get. We could never get that without a role, like a role play. Right. That new, I mean, again, not can't. But it's harder to find brand new areas. Mm-hmm. So... And again, I know we're just all over the place. But um, let's just, uh, there's many different things that are going to be coming up at this point. Mm -hmm. So I've got a big one for you. Okay. You can role play even though you're polyamorous or a swinger or just casually dating somebody and, and have other partners um, and still enjoy the role play. You're still getting to play with different people, different psychology, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But role play is also can take place in a monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. So how does one deal with jealousy over their partner's fantasy? I mean, it would be really easy within the kink community to say, why would you be jealous over fantasy? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, why would you be jealous because your partner was masturbating to porn? <laughs> but in the real world, that's that happens. To people who can't <clears throat> mindsets, that seem, it seems it, silly. It seems, it seems yeah. silly. So, uh, and lots and lots of people who, who explore kinky worlds or even explore role play as a regular part of their, their sex life are never going to physically touch another person ever, and that's absolutely correct for them. Mm-hmm. But there's a mental part to get through that. How 
does one get through the fact that their partner is looking into your eyes, wishing not wishing you were somebody else? That's probably part of the problem is that you're afraid that they're wishing you're somebody else, but mm-hmm. you feel like that they wish they were with somebody else and that someone else is giving them pleasure. How do you get past that? Not you, but how does someone get past it? Well, the first thing is to, I would think, reframe it. It's not that they are pining after this other person, but that this is an experience that you're giving them. So it's still you. Right. In the back of your mind, that's kind of like your your tether. It's always mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. It is never their boss. It is always you pretending they're, they're the boss. Mm-hmm. But that's reality. Mm-hmm. That, and that, that because of the structure of your relationship, that would not happen if you weren't giving it to them. So, there's power in that. It's not a weakness that you have to give, you know, that, that you're less than and you all of a sudden have to be somebody else in order to satisfy them. And you're never mm-hmm. going to meet up to the standard of this fantasy or whatever. They wouldn't have that fantasy without you. Well, they wouldn't get to live out the fantasy yeah. in the fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you are, I mean, as a man, if you are comfortable with your wife fantasizing, she doesn't become less attracted to you because she's fantasizing about somebody else. You become more alpha in her eyes. Now I'm generalizing because there's, I think the fear is that if the person fantasizes about someone that they're going to not separate fantasy from reality and, and do that. Mm-hmm. And that's not unfounded. Mm-hmm. It, you are risking something. But when your wife takes a job at a company that isn't where you are, you are risking something. She's around people. Or your husband's around people. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always risk in a relationship. You can't control... You can't be on other... Oh, you can, but I mean, that sounds like an... It's unhealthy. It's unhealthy, mm-hmm. unless it's negotiated in that dynamic. But generally, in a in this world, the vanilla monogamous world, not allowing your partner to have a job, to have friends, to be places without you, trying to control who they think about and fantasize about, that level of control is... Oppressive. It's incredibly oppressive. Mm-hmm. Um you're also most likely going to push the person away from you, not pull them towards you. Mm-hmm. If they can view you as safe and secure, I mean, God, have you ever met a woman that doesn't believe that when her man is, and or woman, you know, mm-hmm. but her partner is so confident that they're not threatened by them going out with their friends or them getting hit on by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like, that's sexy, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if the wife comes home and says, you know, hey, I was, I was uh, when I was out at the, the club, this one guy, you know, he kept, he kept uh, trying to buy me drinks. Mm-hmm. Like, some men get, will get pissed off and freaked out over that. Right. But the man that says, oh, yeah, like, that guy had a chance with you knowing that I'm here, baby. You know, mm-hmm. like, like, oh, my God, that's great. I hope you got a free drink out of it. That's hot. Mm-hmm. Right? So you you can be 
more appealing to your partner with that level of security. Mm-hmm. She's not being pushed away from you. But it doesn't mean it does. it's not without risk. We're generalizing. Everyone's different. Right. You can open up a can of worms. It is possible that someone's fantasy gets confused and they go, now I'd like to do it. Of course that's possible. I mean, if you feel like your partner might do this, role play is probably not for you. Mm-hmm. Or you need to tread lightly. One of the things that I think <coughs> makes... where a person shouldn't feel jealous is just the rec- just recognizing that you yourself have fantasized. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's people that are very either asexual or not sexual at all who have been married 13 years and never once thought about another person. I'm sure that's out there. Mm-hmm. I... I I believe that the amount of people that say they've never fantasized about someone else is probably far higher than the ones who never actually have. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. They say that in a way, like just <clears throat> self-preservation or something. And they're also trying to make it seem like they are. It's virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. I am so morally superior that I would never even so much as fantasize. That doesn't mean that none of them have, but I mean, if you're a sexual person, you know. It's the same thing. Those those people that never have fantasized probably also have never masturbated when their partner was at work. Mm-hmm. And so there's non-sexual people out there. and they. But for the most part, I think for a lot of people, they most people, I think you could understand that you've had those fantasies and not acted on them. Mm-hmm. Or wouldn't act on them. I mean, you, you fantasize about your friend's partner. But you never screw around with your friend's partner, give me a break. Mm-hmm. But you thought about it, and that's, I mean, morality is so subjective, right, that you can't say it's right and wrong, but I I don't believe for a second that's wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with my friends thinking about having sex with you. <laughs> like, why would I? <laughs> Good, that's great. It means I'm with someone attractive. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't find it wrong. And so to project that onto somebody else that you must never think about that either mm-hmm. would require a level of insecurity. Like, I, I just couldn't do it. So I think recognizing that we do this. And even if you don't, it, it takes five seconds, Google it, to realize that it is a normal human condition. Mm-hmm. Fantasy is normal. Being threatened by fantasy... Mm-hmm. I think you also if the sex was better like you should just view that as a win well the sex was really good did anybody get hurt? no did anybody cheat on anybody? no was the sex good? yeah did you orgasm more or harder? yeah mm-hmm. afterwards did you cuddle longer than normal after sex because you had this great experience? yeah like try to find something wrong in that Mm-hmm. There's not. You improved your sex life. Right. Yeah, well, the potential of the recurring <clears throat> character also has that, you know, kind of possibility. Like, you could get jealous that I always bring up that certain person, that certain character. They want someone that's not you. Yeah. And and that's not a healthy thing either. Like, the, I <clears throat> still want you. 
It's still you. It is all. It is always you. It is right. always the person you are with giving you the fantasy. They never. It's never that you're not good enough. In fact, it's the opposite. You are good enough because you're giving your your partner this thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, if, if the idea that you could play a role and let your partner not just fantasize about somebody else, but you're going to help their fantasy. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I mean, you, you have friends who have relationships where they can't even say they think about another person and could never acknowledge thinking about it in bed. I mean, right. And, and here you are able to do it. You're confident. You're secure enough to do it. You're going to be closer. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, well, And closer even by virtue that you've created a story, you've created a scene, you've created alternate personalities. Like, it's so much of a team aspect. Like, it's enriching in more ways than just the physical. And if your partner is fantasizing about one character a lot, well, maybe that's a great way of you realizing, oh, my God. They do like this thing that maybe I personally can give them more of this. Mm-hmm. You're learning about it. I mean, your partner would never admit to having a foot fetish. Mm-hmm. But you have a character that's in defeat and your partner keeps wanting to play that role. Well, guess what? Your partner's in defeat. Mm-hmm. And they're, they feel safe sharing it in the role play. They don't feel safe mm-hmm. sharing it in the real world. But guess what? You have that information. Don't be ignorant on purpose like learn something Mm -hmm. now having said that it does not mean that the person is into the thing that they do in the role play Mm -hmm. that's a fact there are people that do things in role plays that they would never actually want to do in real life Mm 